Welcome to the Aesthetic Entrepreneurs GSD, the number one podcast for aesthetic and beauty business owners who want to get stuff done and become the entrepreneurs the world needs them to be. Many of you out there are uncertain, overwhelmed, and confused about this thing called business. Where there's uncertainty, we give you comfort. Where there's overwhelm, we create calm. Where there's confusion, we provide clarity. So hi guys and welcome to a podcast. Sorry I've not been around um, much recently but hey what an incredible incredible uh, 12 weeks it's been actually longer than that over like 120 days my god time is flying Um, and as we sat here uh, mid-July 2020 um, a lot has has happened so apologies for not being as consistent um, with the podcast over the last, um, you know, few months as much as I've wanted to be. But, um, hey, I've been pretty busy, like a, like a lot of people. Um, we've rebuilt a business. We've helped other people um, rebuild their businesses. We've been doing research. We've been doing analysis. We've been doing all sorts of amazing things um, in this in this time. Um, and for me, actually, you know, I'm one of those fortunate people that will look back on lockdown 2020 um, with, um, you know, a, li- a little bit of, um, let's not, not use the word fondness because that's wrong. It's It's been a horrible time for a lot of people. But for me, and it, I look back on it and I look back actually as a time when I was able to completely reset um, my myself, my business um and um also um you know reset relationship with with, with certain people with family members etc etc so it's not been all bad um and i'm hope you're listening to this that you've had um experience as well that have not been all bad of course it's you know it's um it's been a very very challenging time for a lot of people and i'm not um you know not immune to to that but um you know I can only deal with the situation that's in front of me, uh, with me and mine, and my own clients and my own business. And hopefully over the last sort of 12 weeks, we've been successful in giving um, people some uh, real great advice, some hope, some guidance and some support to enable them to keep the lights on. And actually we have, we've been pretty successful in that. So I'm back now because I think we're, it's time to start focusing and looking forward. Um we are at a cusp of a, a very interesting time. And what I wanted to talk to you about today is just sort of the culmination, actually, of some research and some in, insight that we've been putting together over the last you know, few weeks to look at what the aesthetic market is going to has been through, but also how it's going to be shifting in the next kind of five to six, five to six years. And the research that we've kind of um, uncovered has pulled um, our, our view that actually there are four very distinct eras um, in the um, aesthetics market, um, four very, very distinct periods in time that have all led us to this kind of point. And then actually we're about to enter a, enter the fourth period of that. 
So um, you know, we look at them individually, and then what I'm going to do is this is a, be a series of podcasts because it's just way too much to go into for one um, particular podcast. So probably do this as a series of four. Hey, the fourth era, we'll do a four podcasts. Maybe I should be in marketing. Um, and this first one I'm going to do is take you through a little bit of an in- insight and overview about the, the background and the thinking to all of this. And then talk to you about the um, the first era, which is the uh, the Botox era. 1996 to 2006 was the era of Botox. But let's go back into a little bit of um, into a bit of history and a bit of background. And I think what we one thing that we need to really accept at this point in time is where we stand is that we are in a a recession. Um, in the UK, we are we are definitely in a, we're in a recession. Globally, we're going to be in it as well. Um, and it's going to be a humdinger of one. Um, four quarters of consecutive negative growth um, is a depression. Two quarters, I think, or three quarters of consecutive negative growth is a recession. And um, we're already in way into that process. Now, the thing to bear in mind in all of this is the depth of it. So in 2008, which is probably the only other recession that the aesthetics industry has been through because it's still quite a very young and new industry. Um, 2008, the gross domestic product. So essentially, if you looked at the UK as a company, it's it's turnover, if you like, um, shrunk by no more than 2.1% in a single quarter. So after a whole of the 2008, you know, global or great recession, as it's called, uh, GDP didn't really shrink anything more than 2.1%. Now, this year, uh, with the COVID lockdown that began in March, in April 2020, GDP shrank to shrank by 20.4%. Shrank by 20.4%. Um, and in the run-up to that, the three months up to that, the GDP actually shrank by 10.4%. So it was declining anyway. But then in April, bang, it dropped by 20.4%. On the 16th of March 2020, when COVID hit the stock markets, the stock markets dropped by a similar amount. And this is the biggest single single monthly drop in, in recorded history. So, you know, it's not just a bit of a recession. It, it's it's going to be unprecedented in its depth and severity. This is, you know, I think a lot of people believe this. Um, it's not a V shape. It's going to be an L shape. Um and, um, you know, go and Google the economic clock, go and Google wartime economy, go and Google L-shaped recession, go and have a look at um, the connections between 1919 pandemic, the, 2000, the um, 20, uh, 23 Wall Street crash. You can look at the connections between the dot-com um, uh, boom and, and bust, if you like. And also the 2008 recession. I, I, the, the, the data's there for you to see. So I'm not saying anything that's completely outlandish, but we are in a, in a bit of a hole at the moment. And um, the next six months in all of this are going to be really, really pivotal because all recessions follow a same kind of curve. You know, we have this shock phase, which ended in July. And it's that shock phase, which was the whole kind of like, shit, what are we going to do? What's going on? People got furloughed. People got, you know, introduced to, you know, new words in the dictionary, like unprecedented and unparalleled and all that kind of stuff. But that's done. Now we're in, in a recovery phase. And this is not about an actual kind of, 
physical or economic recovery. It's more about business models, how business models are going to change and evolve. And when you look at the, you know, the, the Great Depression, essentially what that was, was a reaction to the, the boom of the, of the 1920s. And, you know, population boom, people's demand on technology changed, the whole, it moved from horse and cart to, auto, you know, to automobile, and things, we needed production lines. So the, the economic framework couldn't support the new model, so it collapsed and was rebuilt. And we're moving into an increasingly digital space. Um, habits have changed over the last 12, 12 to 18 weeks. You know, online shopping deliveries, Gusto, uh, HelloFresh, you know, Amazon coming to the door. You know, it used to be once a week. Now Amazon's coming to the, our door like two, three times a day. Um, so, you know, the world has changed. And the aesthetic sector is not going to be immune to that. So we're now in this kind of recovery phase where business models will need to change um, to support this new online and digital um, process. And as a result, you know, what's happened is we've realised that actually there are significant challenges that the market faces and is coming into. So as I said, you know, what we've got is a very severe economic depression, um, which we're coming into, which is going to be quite prolonged. And... If you're listening to this and, you know, lockdown hit, you had to shut your business doors and your revenue stopped, then you have this next challenge, which is a a lack of a long term business value or business structure. Now, what we mean by that is essentially is that you only make your money when the doors are open. Okay, so you only make your money short term kind of sales. So it's a it's a challenging place to be because obviously, you know, we're, we're probably going to come into a, a time of periodic lockdowns. So you may have to suddenly shut your doors at short notice. And if that's the only way that you're making money, then you've got a big challenge coming ahead. So poor long term business values is one of the things we need to fix. The third challenge is it's actually and it's a, it's a challenge that's been with this industry for a long time is poor differentiation in a crowded market. Not many businesses really stand out. They don't talk about vision and values. They don't talk about experiences. They don't talk about transformations. They don't sell themselves properly. Instead, they talk about products and services and, you know, the same stories that everybody can talk about. They talk about the same things. And this is a drum that we've been banging for, you know, been banging that drum quite loudly for the last sort of two years in Aesthetic Entrepreneurs. But I've been, I found a presentation um a couple of days ago that I gave in 2011 and in that I took a slide out and I've put it into um, a, a presentation that I'll be giving and webinars I'm giving now because that problem's still not been solved it's still poorly differentiated and what I mean by differentiation is you're just not standing out you're not you're not being easily to, to recognize um, because the consumer is confused consumer does not know the difference between certain qualifications doesn't know the difference between certain treatments doesn't know the difference between, um, you know, certain business models. So and that's not the consumer's fault. That's the fault of the industry for not explaining it in a way that they understand. So that has to change. And then the uh, fourth element, which is kind of connected to uh, differentiation, is that pricing is too low. So in the UK especially, pricing hasn't really moved on that much. Um, in 2006, when we helped to launch Juvederm Ultra into the UK, um, we kind of established that a rough price for a lip treatment, for example, was £250. 
Um, and if you're listening to this, I would probably say that your lip treatment is around 250 quid. If you're listening from the US, um, you've not really ever had this challenge because your pricing is much, much higher. Um, and that actually shields you from a lot of issues. Um, but in Australia, I think possibly New Zealand as well, uh, South Africa, but in the UK, very much so, um, which is the market that I know the best, of course, um, the pricing hasn't really moved. And again, that needs to change. So for us to move forward, these are the things that we need to do. And the reason if we go back into sort of into history is that I don't think these are things have moved in the way they wanted to is because of this process of basically looking at eras. So what lockdown has done is it's created this fourth era of the aesthetics business, the fourth aesthetic era. So, as I said, the Botox era was is 1996 to 2006. And that's essentially when I came into the industry towards the end of that era. And, you know, Botox was, it was a blockbuster drug. I mean, if you if you don't know about its, its history, it's actually quite an interesting thing to look at. Um, but the sort of very top line is that essentially it was, a, like a lot of things, it was an accidental discovery for its use in cosmetic. Um, and it was just a... A, a, a happy accident where you had an ophthalmologist in the US and a dermatologist, um, the Carruthers. So uh, Gene Carruthers was the ophthalmologist and Alistair Carruthers was the dermatologist um, who was doing a trial on um, blethrospasm. So the uncontrollable blinking of the orbicularis oculi muscle, uh, the one that surrounds your eye. And there was an... Uh, a, a a drug called Botox that was being kind of trialed in this to basically to relax that muscle so it didn't basically fire as often so it's a you know to block the um, the transmission of acetylcholine across the neuromuscular junction and um, basically to yeah just to sort of suit quieten that little angry little muscle down a little bit and it was very very effective i mean botox is a highly effective product it does one job uh, it does that job exceptionally well um and um the feedback from the clients were that actually yeah not only has it helped to reduce the blethrospasm but it's also softened the wrinkles around the crow's feet around the corners of the eyes so they started get well, asking well, can you can you do the other eye to to kind of balance it up and you know as these things happen as these things do uh, Allegan, who were the manufacturer of Botox, were introduced to this new indication. Um, and, you know, the rest is history. It got picked up by a couple of plastic surgeons in Hollywood and boom, off it went. You know, A-listers, people were having, you know, collagen was the kind of main treatment before then. Um, collagen injections, um, as referenced in uh, Guns N' Roses, uh, Get In The Ring, which is the first time I ever heard of a collagen injection uh, back in the, back in those days. But anyway, so, um, and that, you know, and get that album, that Guns N' Roses album was out in 1992, I think it was. So, you know, that's, it gives you an idea of sort of how long, you know, this, this has all been going on for. So, so in 1996, you know, it was the start of the boom. And back then there was like one toxin, you had a four, few, few fillers knocking around. Collagen was one of them. Um, when I joined the industry in 2005, it was, you know, the early stages of hyaluronic acid fillers, QMED were out there of Restylane, and we came out with a product called Hydrofill, which then um, in the next era sort of was acquired by Allegan and became Juvederm, or it, the company introduced to Juvederm. You had some, some cosmeceuticals, some skincare. You know, we had 
and actually a period of quite a sustained global economic growth. So, you know, things were looking good. You know, everybody had a bit of money in their pocket. Um, do you remember that sort of time? And the companies who were servicing the market were generally national distributors. So they were the small local offices of global companies or they were national distributors. So essentially it was UK to UK, small industry, small number of reps, but it was growing rapidly. Um, And at that time, you probably could stick a sandwich board outside with Botox written on it and generate a reasonable, you know, income. Um, ASA hadn't really picked up on it, you know, so... So, you know, it was a time when um, it was relatively straightforward to grow a, a business in this sector. Um, and that was the first era, you know, and it lasted for a while. Now, obviously, these, you know, these, ti- these timings are not exclusive. You may well think, well, 2006, it didn't just stop there. It started in 2003. Look, they're indicative. It's just, you know, it's a way of understanding it. So don't, you know, don't send me emails or messages saying I got this bit wrong. This is just broad brush top level theory well actually it's not theory it's it's fact um but that was the botox era 1996 to 2006 the second era was 2006 to 2016 and this was the era of energy devices so if you think about what happened in that part of the marketplace things started to grow we had um you know people kind of yeah we'd done as much as we could almost they felt like with toxin and fillers volumization etc etc what can we add into the mix energy devices lots of new energy devices hit that hit the market um we have more skincare products we had more fillers coming in um we have more toxins so botox wasn't the only game in town anymore we had you know mertz came in with with bocature or Xeomin, um as it was originally we had galderma come in with uh Az- azulor which was essentially disport uh ipsen's disport um which was around in the kind of Botox era, but it didn't really have the traction anywhere near the traction of Botox. Energy era, that all changed. You know, Botox started getting some serious competitors coming into the market. There were more fillers available. The ease of manufacture of hyaluronic acid and basically meant that there were hundreds of HA fillers hitting the market. Energy devices, we had companies coming in from, you know, the United States and Israel with their technology coming into the market. Skincare products started to, you know, started to grow and develop more companies coming in, um, consolidation of manufacturers. So we had people who basically, you know, Allegan started acquiring companies and um, we had uh, what moved from a kind of a UK to UK distribution model, um, moved much more regionally. So it became much more EU, EMEA um, to UK. Um, but also in this time, as we remember, that there was a global economic recession. Now, looking at some data, the recession back then um, was literally, it bounced off the non-surgical market. Surgical, yeah, took a little bit of a hit. But actually, the market that we are working in talking about now was took a small dip, but basically continued growing about 10% uh, year on year. So if your business wasn't growing by far more than 10%, you were growing slower than market. And that was the energy era. So now, you know, practices are using Botox. They've got the energy in there. You know, the devices are in there. And, um, you know, the more machines, capital equipment, if you like, is all in in, the, in their um, business. And that took us on to the third era, which was uh, the skin care era. So 2016 to 2020, skin. And from the injectables side of things, there wasn't that much real innovation to be honest with you there was you know we still had the same number of toxins because obviously the barrier to entry for toxins is quite high 
Um, but we had even more fillers coming into the market and even more energy devices. Um, we started to have digital solutions starting to come in. So I created uh, iConsult in, in this time. Um, but, you know, CRM systems and people's businesses started to get built more sophisticated. Um, people's understanding of, you know, of social media developed. And no, yeah, even though social had been around for see, since 2006, people's understanding of it has really increased in the last four years. You know, it's become easier to use and easier to market through. So emerging dig- digital solutions and um, started to play into it. There was... You know, the the global economic recovery was starting to come out of, of the age of austerity. Um, and we have even more skincare products falling into it. And then the final kind of part of all of this is that distribution, distribution was global. OK, so we're in a global economy. So we have, you know, you could buy something from, you know, China, Korea, wherever it is, you know, United States. Um, and, you know, with Brexit thrown into the mix in this as well. Um it, it, it was slight, it became slightly unsettling, but the point is that you know we've now got you know a, a focus on skin. Skin first was as the, I was you know being told at the time. So and actually, I think if it hadn't been for the events of this year, that would have continued um, as as just carried on moving would have carried on moving. But lockdown and the events of twenty twenty have created the fourth era, and. It's it's basically that's why skin went from 2016 to 2020 and now it's just stopped and we're moving into the fourth era of aesthetics the fourth aesthetic era which is at home it's the at home era and it's a combination of all of the other eras but we're going to have to get more collaborative because the demand for home use is going to increase and is increasing massively. It cannot be ignored. So, you know, Amazon coming to our door three times a day. If your business was unable to make money because of lockdown, then you are, you know, at risk, massive risk. And you need to really lean into the at-home era. So, you know, so what what is this going to look like? How's the at-home era going to, what's the makeup of it going to be? Well, we're going to get even more toxins coming into the market. So, you know, com- competition in that part is going to increase. Fillers probably will flatten off, but you may even get some more entrance into the market. But essentially what's going to happen is, you know, the, the increased commoditization of those two technologies. They're going to become more and more prevalent um, unless the barrier to entry increases. Um, you're going to get more energy devices coming into the market. Um, we're going to get more skincare coming into the market. And But all of this combined with a massive increase in the amount of digital solutions so if you take the 2008 you know economic recession if you like the out the recovery from that was not led by technology the recovery from this economic depression will be led by technology facebook amazon apple netflix google microsoft um, the five basically biggest companies in the world who are driving global trends and driving global economy so they're the ones who are leading the way. They're creating the solutions for you to be able to service this at-home era. So drop shipping, getting products from you know one manufacturer to your client without you having to take stock or even basically even look at it. These are the ways of the future. This is the at-home era. I'm not talking about it replacing Botox, energy or skin. I'm not talking about it replacing your in-clinic activity. 
I'm talking about it being an addition to. So you no longer have the concern that if the doors close, you're not going to make any money because you've got the combination of these three things. And if you look at Botox, it needs to be delivered in a clinic. The energy devices, yep, yeah, a big hit can be delivered in clinic, but then you've also got the opportunity to maybe provide at-home solutions. You've got skin, which can, again, be delivered in clinic, but can also be provided as an at-home solution. Because you're going to have to do this, we're going to have periodic lockdowns. As I'm talking right now, Melbourne in Australia has just gone into lockdown. So, you know, all of these, the businesses there will be listening to this. If, hey, if you're listening to this in Australia, this is something that you also need to get into because these are global trends. This is not just a UK trend. Um, so collaboration to combine all of these things um, to help you guys and, you know, your clients um, weather this, weather the storm. But also it's this is creation of a new trend, of, of a new way of doing business. Um, in the UK, John Lewis have just announced that 70% of their uh, sales are all be online. Um, you know, th- for the last 12, 13 weeks, our food has been delivered to, to our door. You know, we are of that. We are blessed in that, that we're in that part of the world that we can do that. As I said, Amazon coming to our door two or three times a day, not just, you know, once a week. So the trend is there. And if you're listening to this and thinking, right, okay, what do I do? How do I, well, how do I take advantage of the at-home era? Um, that's going to form the, the the basis of our the next um, part of our you know podcast series where I'll take you through it. But just to finish off today, what I'm going to give you is the anatomy of what we're calling a fourth era aesthetic business. So we want I want you to become a fourth era business, solve all of those problems, create a beautiful business that's structured around um the you know an app, a a combination or a collaborative model of doing treatments you know at her, in in your clinic to to service your short term revenue need to build subscription models that helps you to manage your longer term business business uh, revenue generate money when the doors may be closed for you to create you know on online digital offering so you've got this kind of you know additional revenue stream coming from online sales, but then also to commercialize your knowledge and your your experience and you know all that wonderful all that beautiful stuff that you've got in your head that if you were to just maybe create a training course or some sort of workshop or even a uh, a course that underpins your uh, at home and a combination of your at home and um, in clinic business. All of these, those four things can help generate revenue. And that's what I'm calling as a beautiful business and a fourth era business. So what we need to do is do these four things. The anatomy of the fourth era business is we need to make sure that you've got your head and your mindset in the right place. We need to make sure that you've got a a long term business model um, that, as I said, that you know generates revenue even when the doors are closed. We need to help you to stand out and differentiate yourself in a market that is quite crowded. Uh, like I said, the barrier to entry is always a little bit low. There are lots of things that you can do to step out of the shadows and step forward in, and present yourself to your market in a way that's bold, that's proud, that's innovative, that it makes them think, wow, I really want to go and see that person because they're just amazing. That's what we want to be creating. And then finally, we need to help you move your pricing up 
It needs to go above the market average, not below the market average, which is where a lot of people are. And that's bringing costs down. We need to go the other way. You add massive value to people, huge amounts of value. Um, you change people's lives. You transform them from, you know, and the way that they feel about themselves, their confidence, you know, embarrassment. You make them feel special. And that has a higher value than, a higher monetary value than you are getting at the moment. It's not a fair exchange. So we need to help you guys to move the pricing up. And once you've done all of that, you've got a fourth year of business. And say the next six months is absolutely pivotal because in the next six months, I want to be creating this, working on this with you. So um, tune into the podcast and stay, you know, subscribed and and lean in. Uh, There'll be one every two weeks. I absolutely 100% promise and commit that uh, we will be working through this anatomy of a fourth year of business every two weeks. You'll have a new podcast from me for as long as it takes. Um, so we're going to go right back to rewiring the business, um, building it. Um, if you're interested in engaging with us um, professionally, jump into um, our uh, Set It Entrepreneurs um, workshops and um, we can help and support you there. All right, guys, take care. Subscribe now for tips, insight, and stories to enhance, empower, educate, and elevate your business to new heights.